This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 872. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I am a humble monkey. Sitting up in here again. But then came the day. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host Josh Flanagan. Hi. And welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 872. And hey, look, two weeks in a row, joining us in the third chair this week, again, is Dr. Ryan Haupt. And we'll see if two weeks is more than Josh wants or needs by the end of the episode. I think we had that answer before the show. Well, they, the, the viewers at home... It was a verbal altercation. It wasn't recorded. Sorry. Every week, one of us picks the book like the best from the stack of comics they read, and we call it Pick of the Week... We'll talk about that book. We'll talk about the other books from the week, the patron picks and listener mail if we have time. And here's your spoiler warning. Exercise some caution because it's a review show. Ryan, you had the pick of the week. Yes, I'm told that I did. And I did indeed select a pick. (laughs) (laughs) And that pick was, um, I wasn't thinking about my patron power at all. Ryan's Um, Ryan's going through a little personal turmoil at home. Nothing bad, but it's a long day. (laughs) And I think you're going to hear it. People are coughing, people are sick, I'm expected to sign contracts, money is changing hands, there's a lot going on. But the it did not prevent the pick of the week from being The Ambassadors Issue 1 by Mark Miller, Frank Quitely, with Clem Robbins on letters. Uh, Frank Quitely did both the art and the colors, and um, did, I assume both of you read this because it's a Mark Miller number one, or is that is that not still a thing we get read at it. least a little excited for? I don't, I don't not, I don't read them on purpose but i don't usually read mark miller number ones however as my good friend connor said to me it's not often you get a frank quietly book and that didn't require a lot of convincing yeah and i felt like that was the part of this book that struck me first and foremost was this is good quietly oh yeah yeah it's interesting though it's it's slightly different quietly because he's also coloring it and he's putting texture into the colors which is something i don't normally enjoy but you know it's also to be fair he's only doing this issue uh, not surprisingly. Oh. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a different artist for every issue of the, of the series. Well, he started this in 2015. Right. <laughs> you know, the thing about Miller, and I think this book is uh, exemplifies it, is that, you know, he still has a million ideas. They're often fun, but I think he's trending back to the more hyper violent and edgy Miller. Like he, he sort of goes with the tides of the of the of the consensus of the day and remember for in the beginning we were doing a fanboy it was like wanted era he, he was and and kick-ass it was very like nihilistic and violent and i mean he's literally brought back nemesis which I right feel like and was... then and then there was like a really great period in the middle where he sort of switched gears and it was like some was like starlight and hucks doing different really genres. like sort of heartfelt happy super you know adventure superhero mm-hmm. sci-fi tales 
And I think he's trending back towards uh, where he was previously. And it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. So that's probably why I don't read as much anymore these days as I usually do. I wouldn't say it's my favorite either, but this team in particular, I mean, you know, I first was exposed to this team when they were doing authority um, at taking over from Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. So, you know, I have, I have some nostalgia for this team working together. Kind of hated the, those books. I, I actually thought that was a, a, I thought that was a step down from the Ellis and, and yes. Hitch yes, era. Uh, and I, st- I would, I would stand by that even today, but that was my first exposure to them. But then I, I discovered things like we three and all-star Superman and really felt, and I know those are two Grant Morrison books, but it, it, I fell in love with Quietly's art. Um, I think a little later than his authority run. And this book, I, I thought, you know, I think what you said, Connor, is correct. And I think it it sort of feels like the recombination of a couple different ideas that Mark Miller has explored in previous books. And the one that I felt that was, I think he's probably riffed on previous iterations of the idea before, but it felt somewhat fresh in this particular issue was the, the using a, a fake Superman trying to make like films and movies to scare the Russians and clearly hinting at like George Reeves assassination was a government operation. Um, And then the American government assuming that the person to figure out how to give superpowers to people would be American and that they could co-opt it. And it turns out it's it's this Korean woman who was in prison, uh, but she figures out how to sort of give herself powers. And she, she, the plot of the book is, everyone wants to figure out how to give people superpowers so they can use them for the military. And she says, no, I'm just going to give superpowers to good people. And there's only a couple of them that are going to get it. And so I guess each issue is going to be sort of the audition of um, people trying to get access to these powers that she's making available. And then it ends with a, a, you know, badass in the bar being hyper violent, making dudes poop themselves before he kills them. And then he says, pay my bill and leaves. And that to me, it almost kind of ruined it for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't know that I needed that aspect of it, but okay. Yeah. So well, you made a pick is, of the week. So, we- <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, I mean, it's for quietly the, the step back, I think is the general premise is there, there supposedly are no superpowers. Governments have been trying to create them. And like Ryan said, they've been creating propaganda to make their enemies think they have them, like the fake Superman videos. And then this woman in Korea is succeeds in doing that. She's not a government agent. She's not. She's just a private, super rich, super smart citizen who's also happens to be in jail for fraud. Um, and then they basically say at the book, it's Willy Wonka with superpowers. It's like there's going to be six people who get the golden ticket to get superpowers. But then it ends with this dude in the bar who clearly has superpowers. So that was a little confusing, but clearly will be an important plot point. But yeah, that was my least favorite. I, it was, it was, it was fine. Like beautiful. And I, I really like looking at how Quietly's art has evolved and it's fun to look at what he does. But, uh, you know, story wise, I thought it was okay. I think my, my thought was starting it just like beginning. And now that is, I just looked at a page and I, I know that I, I noticed that, quietly did the colors too and it, it looks a little like uh early color like it's it's not it's fuzzy in places when there's skin it doesn't look right uh when he doesn't do it flat when he does it flat it looks awesome anyway and his color palette's great anyway uh the first sequence the first segment with the uh, super smart monkey and yeah. he breaks into the like i was a hundred percent into that yeah and I like that 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 page, uh, like the page turn where you know he calmly puts his hand up and then you go to there's a full page of him holding that truck up in the air, you know, with his powers and the spotlight is now that is a I mean, what would you give to have that page on your wall? 
you know, just right. like it is a beautiful image. And I was like, hell yes, here we go. And then the other bit, it feels like now I would like to be really pithy and say, yeah, he's just doing blank and name that comic. I can't quite do that. But what I, it feels very familiar. Yeah, that, I felt the that too. Second half, the second half of the story feels, I can't put my finger on it because I think it's a lot of different things, but it feels like stuff I've read that I didn't love. So the the woman the the with the powers who are giving them out, like she reminds me of um the remember the Asian lady in the Watchmen TV shows who like hat in not shows, the show. I forget the her Vietnamese name. Vietnamese woman, Ozymandias' daughter. Yes. And she you know, like shows up and she runs the big company and she, you know, like buys the baby, I think. Um like she reminded me of that. That's instantly who I pictured because like she had some like singular name or something like that. Lady uh, True. Yeah, there you go. Lady True. Like it reminded me of that. Like like it was I I heard and pictured that woman uh in the part the you know the guy in the bar was like this that's just Cole Cash with, with superpowers or or Jesse Custer or whatever. And 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 part of me has to be like what what are you doing super heroes again for mark miller that, I, had is, that, I had that feeling a little bit too yeah yeah but i also think that that's an unrealistic request he does superheroes because he does superheroes like that's his thing and fair enough you know like i can't you can, you know the leopard's got got spots he's got you know it, he's got superheroes that's that's what he loves it's what he does fine but you know on any given day if we're talking about if a comic book is well done and you can see all the talent right there i, I, yeah, I can't complain about it <laughs> like it's it's so much talent in front of you sort of doing a thing you know i'm not gonna not read it i'm not it's, it's interesting because I, I i am curious to see what the next issue brings what 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 because this is very much a prologue it's mm-hmm. a lot of it is just this woman giving a speech at like, like steve jobs yeah and so the story hasn't really even started which is a problem these days and when you're talking about and, five and issue it, like everybody's going to an island you know, which reminds me of a Mark Russell book of some kind and somebody's going to make a decision and, you know, it's... I'm just saying, I'm curious to see what, what happens next. How, what is the actual, you know, when, when someone like this says, I'm going to give six random people uh, powers in the world, what what's the implication? Of that? I'm so I'm curious to see what happens next in there. But... I wish you hadn't told me about the change in the artist. I mean, I'm glad I know because I won't be disappointed when issue two comes I'll t- out. I'll but... tell you what, it's good to know, but Mark Miller has exemplary taste in artists so whoever comes on isn't gonna suck it's not gonna be frank quietly but you're you're not gonna be like oh this is terrible he's mark miller he's gonna get the best guys if you look at all those books he did for a while yeah you know every one of them i think uh after quietly was off jupiter's whatever it was and they brought on wilfredo torres like it was gorgeous not not the same but do i mean do you want to know who the artists are it said it on the back i don't remember Number two is Carl Kerschel. Number three is Travis Charest. I haven't seen him in, do interiors wow. in probably 20 years. Number four is Olivier Coipel. Number five is Matteo Buffini. And number six is Matteo Scalera. So it's a good lineup. That's a murderer's row. Yeah. That's awesome. So if anything, this series will be worth reading. Just to see. I mean, I've never I've yeah. seen Travis Charest <laughs> interiors uh, maybe more than 20 years. So, uh you know, I'm I'm in to see. I'm curious to see what this, what how they're going to do this. What is it going to be? Did, how they're going to, you know? 
the last thing he did was an issue of what is the book that Richard Starkings did with the elephants? It was called Elephant Men. Elephant Men. I think that's the last thing I saw him do. And then another one never came out. So I might be wrong, but that's my instinct. I mean, Miller's an idea factory, right? He, uh, even if they're not all over super original, he puts them together in interesting ways. Usually mm-hmm. the last book I read of his was that, was that old sort of old man, James Bond spy book, which I thought was mm. too short. I think it was only yes. three or four. It was only four issues and it needed, needed to feel like it needed to be six. Old, the old man, James Bond, where he kills parliament and all yeah, the, yeah. And the and royal family was and all the too, wasn't it? That was fun. It was. He can't yeah. be stopped. Uh, so, you know, always interesting ideas, always great artists. Doesn't always work, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm weary of his turn back to nihilism, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, he's got a book with Pepe Larraz coming out. Like he always gets. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it also it's a little interesting that like we're talking about this book in very nihilistic terms, where the the fundamental premise is a woman who wants to give superpowers to good people. Yeah, maybe it'll be. Maybe it won't be. I'm just saying in general. His, his turn in general. No, no, I hear you. I'm just. I'm only I'm only putting this together as we talk about it, and that's interesting to me. So, I mean, I'm sure Hip it's flask. not going to go well. It's not going to go well for that. Hip flask. Hip flask. Hip flask. It wasn't called. Is elephant that a patron power? No, it was called. It wasn't called Elephant Men. It was called Hip Flask. Elephant Men were a part of it, but then he released other series that had that title. But Hip Flask is the parent series. Okay, I was. The, I, yes, I, all I remember is the Richard Starking series Elephant Men. I don't think I ever read right. anything in the Hip Flask. Oh, larger. you know what? I'm actually thinking of Ladrone. Remember Ladrone? Yeah. No, Travis Shuray hasn't done interiors in like a, a generation. Yeah. No, well, it's it's I'm sure somewhere, maybe some French comics, but he's uh yeah. He's he's most been doing living off of uh Wait, is he French? Elephant Man had sort I of mean, a French sensibility. Yeah, oh yeah, totally did. I think is he's Travis Shuray actually French? I would think he's American, know. but he's Canadian. This has been the French least Canadian. effusive Quebecois at least. Yeah. This has been the least effusive pick of the week discussion we've ever had. I, I I think I did. we turned you around. Would you like to make another pick? No, I I wouldn't. Uh, I felt like that. Was, I felt like I picked the best. The you know we we say it's the book I enjoyed the most this week. Yeah. And nothing um, wrong with it. It wasn't a bad week of comics. I uh, I I think we were all sort of um, dancing between the raindrops to get our comics read, which I'm not complaining about. I know Josh worries that I'm like pulling the the yoke of comics through the fields but i still enjoyed my comics and this was the one that i when i reflected on it for the amount of time that i had to reflect on it it was the one i enjoyed the most yeah, nothing it wrong. is a fine choice dark knights of steel number 10 is uh we're heading towards the final issue the final story of this this uh fantasy world in which we find out that the white well we found that we saw before but the white Martians are behind everything. We get sort of the backstory and the story of John Jones's uh, life and Mars in this world. I, I just wish this was like an ongoing series. I know mm-hmm. that yeah. the economics of these things probably don't allow for it, but I feel like it's such a waste of all these interesting versions of the characters and this world he's created to to just do twelve. I feel like this but would it, do, it really doesn't f- mean that we won't see other. I mean, no, but it's just, it's just this like, all day, you know, anytime. It'd been fun to be like really flesh this world out and tell like a saga here, but you know, well, I don't know how popular the scissor is. I will say this is probably this is a better property than the Marvel one he did. Like if it like had more dark legs. dark ages or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like they came to me and be like, "Do you want to do a old timey story with these characters?" Like, sure thing, mate. Let's do it. Wait, are you talking <laughs> Just- about? Are you talking about the one Tom Taylor did that was Dark Age? Or are you talking about like a 1619 
whatever, like like with Dark the Ages characters. Dark Ages of the Future, yeah, as the post-apocalyptic. Dark oh, Ages is technically yeah, post-apocalyptic, it, right? But it still felt like they were going back to the Stone Age, I guess. That's because yeah, because there was no technology. Right. But yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, I the the art ten, still tends to be terrific for this. I, I love the layouts are are fun. The Yas, it's Yasmin Putri, uh for the most part on this series for the whole way through. There's a lot of interesting dynamics here between the power. You know, we end up with four queens or anything because all the kings have been assassinated. That was fun. I just like I just really like this world, these characters in it, and it's 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 the bummer it's going to be ending soon because we don't have two missions left. What do you, how do you feel about the 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 White Martian turn? I mean, this is more or less the same bit that that you know it's the John Jones's uh, uh, origin story. The same twist that you had in Grant Morrison's thing. I think I felt a little like, oh, I was kind of hoping it would be something different because so much of these other things are are turns of what you didn't expect. That Alfred is a Martian. That you know is all a little mixed up. And then this felt a little, you know, straight down the line. It was I like twenty five years ago when that happened. I know. I just mean like it's a story that Ryan wasn't even born yet. Most of the stuff here isn't in par- isn't parallel to DC. That's one of the things I really liked about it. But mm-hmm. then this part was, and I was kind of like, I was kind of, yeah, that's not. I mean, does it does like did John replace an Alfred who died, or is the entire concept of Alfred a John Jones? I think creation? I believe it's the second one. I feel it's the second I one. Believe the I, th- I mean, I yeah. think you're right, but it just it, it does it does open up that possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's not the same. So who is Alfred? Just some guy who takes care of Bruce, you know. I can't believe you just said that. I know. In this, I mean, in this he's story, he's not right. It's not. It's not like he's he's been serving. The, like he's just a. He's just like the guy who takes care. He of has a bit. Was, that's he does have a he bit. Said, in he this said, word. "I couldn't love him more if he were my own son." Exactly. Yes, because yeah. he takes care of him. I'm just saying he's not like this. This isn't the the DC universe where he's been. The family's been serving the Waynes for dec- for generations. This is just a. He's the guy, the kingdom who takes care of the kid, and he loves him. Yeah, you know. You know, I don't, and, and, I don't know and, if I fully agree with that. And Bruce was, it doesn't matter. We don't need to argue. We both made our points. It's not going to change anything. Uh, and, you know, Bruce was raised by the L's. There was just all these slight differences from what we are normally used to seeing. It's one of the things I really liked about this series. Um, it's not It's not. A, it's not a complaint, really, about the White Martians, but that stuff was pretty much parallel to the DC version of events. And so I found it a little less interesting. I did find it interesting how they, I mean, they basically use their shape-shifting powers to sow discord amongst all the kingdoms and put them all at war. Like, the way they use their powers politically was interesting. It was like this, it was scrolls. It's yeah. not clear if Marsh, if the Martian civilization was also in their quote-unquote Middle Ages or Dark Ages. So it's like, how, I mean, I know I, I, John Jones is a very powerful being and could probably fly from Mars to Earth on under his own power, but like, it wasn't clear, how did he actually yeah. get from plants do they have the technology yeah. to do that or is he just able to able to fly yeah, you're right he was like so i came to earth and i was like well all right you know what i don't need an explanation i mean that really is a that's you know that's a batmobile catching a flat yeah. tire thing like don't worry Hand about wave it. yep he flew would have wasted our time and if i'm the writer you know that's not not, not important it is totally unimportant to the narrative unless it turns yeah. out to be later and then they'll get to it i mean there are green lantern rings involved so it's, yeah we do yeah. we do know that those enable that sort of yeah, like see that's another thing like the dude at the end who i had a green lantern thing and then they call him lex i was like oh joker. that's luther luther is this joker joker luther Didn't wasn't it ca- combined with a green lantern ring that's what yes. i'm talking about there's no yeah. parallel to that that's just that's just mashing things up and i think that that's really fun so you, you what you're saying is you hated it 
I liked it. I've, I understood I've, I you in the series. The vernacular of the internet, that means you hated it. This, yeah, exactly. No, this series is, it's, uh, every time there's a new issue of it, I, I get, I have a little like delighted surprise. I'm like, oh, right, this. I kind of don't think about it until it comes out and I know it's monthly, so I'm not getting hit over the head with it. And, you know, it's enjoyable and it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see the construction of it. I, think. I know that the double shipping has broken all of our brains, but I, I feel like there was a slight delay. But maybe that's just because it came out four weeks ago. But I feel like it was. I was actually the, the, going to ask at the beginning of this discussion: Is this a monthly book? Because I feel like I have a hard time remembering issue issue on I a month. It's, just, monthly. it's, it's just definitely monthly. Month, it's definitely monthly. But I don't know if there was like a longer delay because I, I couldn't remember the last time an issue had come out. Um, I guess I could look it up, but what's the fun in that? No so, fun whatsoever. No. I guys, I. I don't know about Action Con. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm really I feel like of, I'm enjoying it. I'm bummed. I don't. I don't really enjoy it. I, I I enjoy Superman. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. There's things about it I like. There's things about it I like for sure. But I had a couple yeah. issues to catch up on this this week on Action Comics, and I've I've listened to the show enough to to hear your criticisms about like the large family. There's too many people with S's on their chesses. And um, and I know I said chess is not chess. Um, that was intentional. Uh, but Don't explain the I, joke. Well, here we are. Um, oh, hold on, I'm sorry. Dark Knight of Steel number nine came out in January, so there was a delay. Okay. Okay. So it was a month and a half delay. Came out the first week of January. I feel like I'm enjoying the ensemble cast of this book, and I'm enjoying the Dan Jurgens Lee Weeks uh, backup and i have zero opinions whatsoever on the other backup but i i'm still i'm actually kind of digging this series i think more than connor is at this point yeah that's probably not too hard i think um no i don't hate it i just I, there's things about it i yeah, don't like things about it. i like more about it than i don't i'm i'm really interested i, I kind of forget about the family because the only part i'm really keying into is uh this metallo storyline and lex luther and like the other people are there and in this one it kind of worked to have um John Henry in 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 jeopardy from it. I thought that worked really well. And everybody else shows up and I just thought, oh that that's what would have happened. When we get back to the apartment and we see everybody there and the super twins or whatever. I, but the actual like the this is it's actually pretty you know take all that out. It's a pretty good Metallo story. Yeah. And I like the sort of body horror of Metallo mm-hmm. in this particular story. And I know that's that's been done before, but you know, the Great way art, he's though. modifying other humans, it looks really good. I think the way it's being written, they're they're really finding interesting ways to like, you know, the fact that Metallo last issue said, well, if Superman has a family, I need one too. And so he starts creating mm-hmm. new Metallo people and that's that's creepy and it's wrong and it's messed up. And, and then, um, but there's the other thing going on where he starts talking to his sister and, and like he's losing it. And I think that for whatever reason, if you remember how the story started out, is that I don't remember Metallo's name. Uh, is that Corbin. John Corbin, that's right. He uh, he was in Northern Exposure, right? No, that was true. Yeah, anyway, exactly. he married Bo Derek. <laughs> um, you know, he kind of he looked human, like everything was going okay for him, and then he ran into Lex, and every issue it's going worse and worse and worse. And in this one, like he's cl- clearly, I can't tell if he's hallucinating or somebody's controlling that. That's Lex controlling the the hologram of his sister, whatever. But there is a page turn here, and it is when you talk about body horror, page sixteen. And and they say this is where your sister is, and she's like in some torture chamber. She's being held upside down. Yeah. There's a million needles going through. That is one hell of a page right there. That is an excellent image and page turn. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence about Rafa Sandoval because I like. I think he's very good. I don't. I don't like his Superman model. I don't like the mm-hmm. face. 
but there's really good stuff in here. So, right. It's almost, it's almost got like a Mark Buckingham vibe to it, which um, is not an artist I ever would have thought to pair with Superman, but like the way he does his, the way he does his faces, I, I see a lot of Bucky in there. And um, one thing oh. I do like about having, yeah, I see that. one thing I do like about having the ensemble cast is, you know, Metallo, especially if you have multiple Metallos running around, like a truly formidable foe against Kryptonians because he's powered by Kryptonite. So he's able to just mm-hmm. blast Kryptonians yeah. with Kryptonite. So it makes it a little, I think it makes it a little more interesting that now you've got all these people who are part of Superman's family in legitimate peril. But mm-hmm. because there's so many of them, Clark can be like, okay, you know, Connor, you fly Kara to the hospital. Uh, Kong, you fly this guy to Star Labs. And then when he gets home to the apartment, he's able to say like, hey, John, you stay home with the twins so I can go do Superman stuff. So like he's able to divide and conquer a little bit because I feel like otherwise we would have a story where Superman's trying to do it all. And the story would be more about how stretched thin he is, but he's not stretched thin in this because he's got all this support. And the story's not, it's it's about them a little bit, but not so much that I'm annoyed by it. And I, I, I don't know. That that aspect of it for me, maybe I just, I think I just need some help, guys. <laughs> one thing <laughs> I thought was actually a really nice moment in this one, and, and I don't know if you want to have the Superman as dad thing, but it's, it's if you're telling a story about him having a son, I think it's really valid is that like <laughs> Superboy or whatever, John is actually like, hey, dad, you want to go have a catch? And he's like, sure, we can bring the new kids. Oh, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's so terrible. But I, I actually was like, oh, fuck. Because I was like, now we're going to do super super kid jealousy. And I was like, but then they nipped it in the bud really quickly. So that I like that yeah. quite a I, bit. I mean, he, if you're going to do that story, like you think about it, like any kid wants his dad, you know, and, and the story thus far has been that, of course, in addition to being Superman, who is amazing, uh, Superman has also been a really great dad. And here you see like like a little crack in that. And I thought that was that was good. Like you're gonna, if you're gonna do the story with the son, you know, Superman would probably be a somewhat absent father. <laughs> like it's no way he wouldn't. He has, he cares too much about everybody. Yeah, the and his job too. The I didn't even know that was Jonathan at first because in oh, some some books he has super Gen Z hair and super Gen Z clothes, and then this one he's wearing like a terrible sweater and looks like yeah. Dick Grayson. That if that is a that is a knock on uh, on on Rafa Sandoval. Yeah. This is it's very difficult to tell the different folks apart, and and it's funny because in the first story he looks one way, and then in the last story, which I do not want to read, but I do like the art, um, just from a aesthetic standpoint, he looks like a completely different person. He's got that weird, dangly, curly, wet hair. Yeah, was, which was story? The, his, his own book, the Lee Weeks. No, no, one, the third or? story. Oh, the third oh, story. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, you you've been reading that. You've been keeping up with the Power Girls. No, 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 no. It's just that I finished the Lee Weeks story and I was on a high and I was like, oh, oh, this looks good and John's just, in it. So I didn't realize that it was the superhero psychology session story and I was like, oh wait, I'm out. He just looks totally different in every. Yeah. You know, like make up your mind what kind of hair he has, but. um Done. I don't know. There's a lot going. I, the best part is the Metallo Lex Luthor Superman thing. I like the scene with Lex and Superman in the prison where mm-hmm. Superman is convinced awesome. Lex is running Metallo like a agent, and Lex seems to be not, and is slightly concerned, but won't show it. But we can see it. Like that, that was all very good. And again, Philip Kennedy Johnson writes terrific Superman stuff. It's just I think there's just yes. so much bursting at the seams in a 20 page book. There's so many characters have to be serviced. Absolutely. Well, and so here's my question, Connor. When, yeah. when, when you're in charge at DC, yep. do you go, mm-hmm. do you go back to 22? Do you give them those two extra pages? Well, I mean, that's, I don't think that's really, ex- I don't think that's a, uh, editor. It's not a, that's not an editor in chief decision. That's a business. It's also, decision. It's, it's not a content decision. Yeah. 
it's, it's, a, it's an economic decision. decision. Uh, Connor, the what heads do you think? will roll though. What I'm sure. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I just like the, <laughs> so many heads. Like, Blood in the streets. Oh, the, the axe man cometh. Yeah. There's a bit here though. So we just talked about when he shows up at Luthor's and we are going to move on, but this is a good old comic book question. He goes through the wall. Right. So is he, is he, is he the, is he doing the flash thing there? Does he have uh, the ability to phase? I was not he aware shouldn't, that he could He do shouldn't that. have that because not even all the flashes can do that. I right. agree and, with Connor. And, and does, does the wall still blow up when they do it or is that a thing of oh, the past? It depends on the flash. Yeah, Barry okay. was able to get through walls without blowing them up. Wally always struggled with that because he, you know, you destabilize the molecules when you phase through it. And that was something mm-hmm. Wally always had a hard time with. And yeah, Barry how tried. did he do that? Well, I I immediately saw it. I was like, "Whoa!" I caught it too, but you know, this isn't this isn't. Uh, I mean, that's Batman that, filling the tires. There, you can't there, you can't you can't give him all the powers like that. He can't. He shouldn't be able to do that. Well, it's just it, it. Yeah, no, exactly. I was like, no, no. Superman's power set is very defined, and every time it's fun when they it's fun when they modify Flash's powers. It's yeah. fun when the artist thinks of some other weird faux science shit that he can do because he's really fast. It doesn't work that way for Superman. Every time they're like, no, no, Superman can explode with the sun. It's terrible. But like the Flash, you can be that. like, yeah, he figured out how to do it so fast that he can turn himself blue. Awesome. Go with it. It's also, but, but, super, but Lex is in a Lex is in a, a cell with like an actual like bar cage I know. wall. <laughs> They've got like every other superhero, supervillain uh, uh, story. You know, they get put in a prison that is like you know, is impregnable. He's, he's in it's, some 1940s shit. So <laughs> like what, he, I guess my question is, that. is it possible that Superman's vibrating is, is him like, can he bend the bars and put them back in place? I mean, the, vi- the room vibrating sound effect doesn't quite jive with that, but I'm just thinking out loud of how to make it make sense. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. I noticed it too. I feel like I always really want to like the Doom Patrol. And I always have a hard time with it. So this is the new, the oh, newest wow. Dawn of DC book, Unstoppable Doom Patrol by Dennis Culver, Chris Burnham, Brian Reber, Pat Brousseau. And first of all, much like Quietly, uh, Chris Burnham draws like no one else draws in comics. He has such a unique style all his own. Yeah. There's a couple of shots here. Like there's one where I can't find it, but it was where like reverse, like with the you can saw the back of some guy's teeth. Like he just does such weird, interesting stuff and i'm just oh here it is it's a page eight on your digital reader um god i, I just of, love looking at panel. his stuff yeah yeah i love looking at stuff i just i don't know why I, I i like the doom patrol when they show up in stories i don't know if i like them as protagonists i, I didn't get into the tv show at all like i just i don't know what did I, you guys I, think of i've never book? i've never read it i mean that's not true i've never liked it when i've read it i did not read this issue because i again like you said you want to like it never have I just it doesn't. Didn't click you read the Grant Morrison books? N- not much of it. I think I hmm. maybe I read that first trade, but it like it was a struggle even then. Interesting, Ryan. Did you read this? I did. Yes. Um, what did you think of it? I didn't. First I, of all, I didn't. Dis- I didn't dislike this. I thought this was fun. I just have a hard time getting with them. That's all. I didn't dislike this either. Uh, I thought. I thought the commentary they were making on like. Batman's relationship with the metahuman community and how on the Justice League really it's only Flash that has the metagene which I also feel like isn't Flash connected to the Speed Force? I don't think Flash needs a metagene. That, that, that actually blew my mind. They were like, there's there's one superhero on the Justice League. And I was like, wait, what? And there was like, you're all aliens or people with you know technology or 
or uh huh. right hal has a ring kyle or whoever your gl on the on the league is and yeah aquaman's a hybrid and wonder woman wonder woman's just the just the, the god like are we no... saying that wonder woman is not human that's that's like is that a she's correct made statement? Of clay. didn't you mm. just she's, she's what made of clay Come? josh yeah yeah that's true fair enough there's no metahumans in the. They were like only flashes of metahuman, and I was like, oh. Because I feel like I feel like the DC concept of the metahuman predates the establishment of the core Justice League team. Predates so it. A, no, Go no, postdates, postdates, postdates. Okay. I apologize, yeah. I apologize. Postdates it. So you would have to retcon the core seven team. You have to make some of the core team metahumans. Listen, here's the deal. We all okay. know this is true. Metahuman is analogous to metachlorian. No, it's come out as a mutants. I don't need it. it. It doesn't like I don't need them to be a, have a gene that gives them superpowers. I think it takes away no. from the fun of superheroes and the the chemicals splashing on Barry Allen with the lightning bolt. Like well, I don't need it to have activated a gene within him. I don't need you know that stuff. That's what's really fun about Marvel is that they created a subset of that. So if you do like that, that's what mutants are. That's right. a different. I I like that. I think it works. But you may I think you make a very good point. Over in DC, you don't have to do that. So to me, the phrase "metahuman" is just human with extra powers, powers. Yeah. and that's enough. But you're absolutely the right. There should thing not is be. They, are, they are like mutants, kind of. You know, they're all weird. And I mean, the original Doom Patrol book is a team of freaks and weirdos led by a guy in a wheelchair that On predates that predates the publish the publication of X Men One. So, like, right? Make of that what you will. But they weren't talking about metahuman genes back then no they weren't explained I mean, francis like and craig that. had barely published their paper like 10 years prior in 1953 <laughs> about the double helix structure of the human genome yeah interesting to point out in this book when batman shows up it's with tim and not with damien how'd that make you feel it's gonna make me feel great i wanted i wanted to ask I, I mean my main question for you reading this book was like how did you feel about this batman representation I thought it was fine. If you, if it's very much in line of kind of like a Garth Ennis book, which is the sort of the vibe of this anyway. I have no problem with, you know, the weird side characters taking the piss out of the main heroes because that's kind of, you know, kind of what they do. So that's fine. It's been a while since we've seen uh, Monsieur Mala and the Brain. And I was a little, I was, I remember them. I think Judd Winnick did something with them in some book that was drawn by Tom Rainey. And I can't remember what it was now to to save my life. Look at you. Um, Well, I don't remember the book. So who, I mean, what, what good is this to anyone? Uh, Write in contact. Well, the brain is toast. So the brain is toast, but that made me a little sad because I feel like Judd Winnick established that like they are not just partners in crime, but they're actually a, a couple. Like they're they're in a, a, a romantic relationship, and so well, the they fact had that, a, they had a falling out. Sure, they and sure the, did. And then the brains fell out. I don't know. I, I mean, look, I didn't dislike this. I enjoyed reading it. Dennis Culver can write solid stuff. Chris Burnham is terrific. I guess that I guess that uh, die 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 book is over. Um, the Outsiders. It was their Outsiders series. But uh, I just I just have trouble connecting to the damage patrol it doesn't mean i'm not going to read it i'm, I'm going to check out at least another issue of it to see really what we're doing i like here, that but. that one dude's name is cliff I mean, he's got a regular guy name i mean he's robot man but nobody calls him that that's no. oscar winner brendan frazier you're talking about sir does he play cliff in one yeah, of the things in the, in, no, in, the, in the show yeah really yeah, yeah he he the voice of, he's the voice of cliff oh was, i was like i believe his quote just went up for tv <laughs> if you listen to his uh apparently apparently his catchphrase on the show is what the fuck and he was recently on wtf with mark maron so that was hey what fun 
That, you know what? What uh, the fuck is not a good catchphrase? No, that's not. Uh, I, I didn't write it. This included the Doom Patrol plus Peacemaker, so it was very much a DC TV show book. I see. But but uh, I, I'm, again, I'm happy for for the Chris Burnham work alone. People, it was worth looking at. I like the Doom Patrol is a thing that some people like a lot, and it doesn't have to be for me. I like that they do, and I hope they're having their day with the TV show and that comic done by great creators. And you know, it's fine. I don't have to like. And I like that when they when they do these soft reboot or re- resettings of things that they include books like this. Because we were just talking about this. Actually, this is this will be the second time we mentioned this. But on the Patreon hangout, Josh, before you joined, when it was just Ryan and I, we were talking about the lack of DC midlist. And how one of the reasons I think, because we talked on the previous show about how I'm reading like five fewer books a week than I used to. I think one of the reasons is because there isn't very much from the DC Midlands. There's no Green Arrow book. There's no Green Lantern book. There's no John Jones or Hawkman book. There's no Doom Patrol. There's seven Batman books. Right. And so four Batman books and three other things. I'm 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 happy that they're adding back books like this because the the, the, the comics world, DC in particular, is more... Uh, rich and interesting rich. when they're not, when they're not just Superman and Batman. Comics. God, it hadn't really occurred to me. Is there a there's Green no, Lantern there, book right now? No, there's no wow. DC midlist. They're all they're, they're, a lot of them are coming back with this dot of DC, but for the for, for the last year or so, there's been hardly anything other than Flash, Wonder Woman, Flash, Wonder Woman, and then a bunch of Batman, and Superman books. That not Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison was that the last Green Lantern book? The no, Green no, there was a, no, I don't think no, that was in no. continuity though. There was Green Lanterns by was that Humphrey Sam Humphreys writing that? No, 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 no. The last no. Green Lantern book was the lady. Uh, was was no, no, no. The last Green Lantern book was uh, about John Stewart. We read a couple issues right. of it and it wasn't very good, and we stopped reading it. That was that was post Grant Morrison I and think, way post Green Lanterns. Read, Green Lanterns was like I ten years ago. Most. No, of I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the the Simone Boz oh. and. No, I'm talking. I know the one you're talking about, Josh. You're talking about the out of continuity with um, right. With I'm, I'm, I'm talking artist. about the one you mentioned, Ryan, the Green Lanterns book with Simon and Jessica, and that was like ten Jessica. years ago. No, it was not ten years ago. But yes, yeah, it, it was. was. Uh, it was. No, the, what I was. I think the other side of that John Stewart book. I think it happened in the same book. I think there was two storylines, and one was the lady with the glasses, and then the little girl with the fists. Right. So those were in the same book. That's why I said the lady. Oh, wait, you mean the young Brazilian girl who was like the... I liked her. Yeah. Whatever. And then the whole of like, like they blew up Oa or something like that. Yeah, that was, we stopped reading it. It was, yeah. it was not good. And I guess everybody else did too because it, it got canceled. I think I read it for a while. No, we okay. both stopped pretty quickly. Fair enough. Anyway, that's, that's why, the, that's why I'm happy books like this exist. That's a long Fair way enough. of saying that. Yeah. So I was pretty excited to see Dungeons and Dragons Saturday Morning Adventures number one uh, from the good folks at IDW. Uh, listeners of the show may remember that there was a Saturday Morning Adventures version uh, of GI Joe that they did, which uh, my my uh, my life partner here, Connor, and I loved. Almost sick of the so week much. several times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but either way, it was every time an issue came out it was a joy. It was too short. Um, and, and it's really interesting to me that the next thing they chose to do, and I didn't know they were going to do more of these, was the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon because it was fairly short-lived, and I remember loving it. However, I didn't remember a single goddamn thing about it. I'm sure it has to do with licensing, like what they had license to do, but also yeah. – Well, this is the movie. It's the timing. Yeah. Strangely enough, we, again, on the last patron hangout, we ended up talking about 
eighties cartoons for the most part. Mm-hmm. And this book, this, this one came up pretty heavily. And then suddenly, a, you know, a week later, the book comes out or the two weeks later, the book comes out. It was very strange timing. Yeah. It was, it was great. And, you know, as I went through it, like, it's actually really well constructed. I gotta say, uh, in the beginning, there was a really good sort of roll call and it, that's all coming back to me a little bit, like stuff I, I haven't thought about in nearly 40 years, probably. And we we meet, and then the, the dungeon master shows up, and I was like, right! It was that little Gwildor-looking thing, this dungeon, this Yoda or whatever, and it was the first time I'd heard the term dungeon master. And and then they showed the bad guys, and there was the there was the little nine-year-old who was a barbarian, that's his power. Each of these kids got a different power. I, th- I mean, like like, sort of technically introducing you to a bunch of concepts, it was really well done. This kid's this age. Here's the deal. There was a little joke about it. Um, the style, unlike the G.I. Joe book, um, was um, more stylized. It was the the artist uh, who, who did this, which is uh, George Kembadis, Kembadais. Um, and it was more like that. It was his style, not the sort of animated style, um, which, which was, you know, it would have been cool if it was the anime style, but it worked. It's actually pretty good art for that. You know, and like every time you turn the page and you'd see, oh, here's there's the villain, Venger. And Venger had like one big wing and he's missing a horn off his face. It was something about 80s. 80s villains had a, like a vaguely, they all kind of looked like they were drawn by Jack Kirby and Alex Toth had been melded together. They might have been. That's what they did. And there was some then. really, there's a great double page sequence of the characters running through different uh, panels into different places you know, as they they go through, I think they're going through dimensions or something like that. Yeah, they're hopping dimensions, and it was it was great. It was really fun. You know, I, you know, I had a history with it. I wouldn't say if you if you never knew what this was that you'd be like, this is great. But as a sort of like throwbacky thing, uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, David Booker and Sam Mags on this. I never knew what this was, and I read it uh, when I saw you put it <laughs> on the the breakdown. Nobody nobody rolled any dice like any point. Nope. The show wasn't that a bunch yeah. of kids get transported to the it's it's i hate fairyland but you know like like and they all or get dice right was that, that that no die that that's exactly what it was but like how do you know so, if like you hit the orc with the arrow because you got to do it because you but just you do roll. it it's, it well it, the, the the thing is this that's a metaphor the rolling we're doing that all the time and so they're just doing it and chance itself is the dice but I mean, Ooh. like the dungeon master is supposed to be like a buddy of yours that you convinced to do it, not some like little short dude. I I feel like you're having trouble with the concept. I, I am a little bit. I never watched the show, so I'm I'm struggling. I'm doing my best. Who put a Greg Land book in here? Me am yeah. put book on <laughs> script. Um, I only put this on there uh, to say one thing about it, and it's that which um, is what? What's the book? Oh, the book. Thank you, Connor. Uh, the book is Avengers Beyond, historic by Derek Landry, art by Greg Land. Uh, this, this is like, I, I I didn't read whatever Avengers book led into this event. I just saw that it was Avengers number one, so I, I snagged it. And um, the only thing I really want to say about this book is it, there's kind of an interesting conceit where it's the Beyonder, so he's essentially a godlike being that exists outside time and space relative to the universe that the Avengers themselves exist in. And so it's his caption boxes throughout the first part of the issue. And the Avengers have been having these is- these these instances where they lose their memory of how they ended up in specific places or events. So they have a suspicion that something is influencing them from outside the universe. 
And so what we find out, and, and what I thought was the, the one really cool concept that I hadn't really seen executed in this exact way before is Tony Stark and Black Panther, without talking about it out loud to each other, both managed to sort of infer that something is influencing the Avengers team from outside reality. And so they each start building one half of a machine to capture whatever that being is. And then they teleport each half of their machines into the same room in the hopes that they just magically map up. Because if they talk about it out loud, the being that's observing them will see it and will, will interfere and prevent them and erase their memories and prevent them from building the machine. So as long as they don't say anything to each other, that this being which we learn is the beyonder can't mess them up and so they they essentially science their way by working in parallel with each other and it works and they're able to capture the beyonder and once he's pulled into the 616 reality all of his caption boxes become his word balloons and i was like that's actually kind of a cool sci-fi concept and comic book and using the comic book form to mm-hmm. sort of make it feel and, real and in the moment the different characters yeah difference between inter- interdimensional states of being yeah so That's i cool. just i, I, like I dug that. that i thought that was cool i don't i don't think i'll stick with this series beyond that it, the the story itself was not i didn't know w- how these events were set in motion i didn't recognize the, the characters that were introduced and um I, I don't like hate greg land's art but like in particular little things like the way he draws blades sunglasses just looked awful <laughs> did not look good he was awesome on darth vader it's perfect for it. I don't know why. I think he did an alien book too. That was that was pretty good. But people, mm. he's a pariah. He traces other artists' work. Star Wars Corner time, and I'm just going to correct the title of the book because it's not totally right. Star Wars Corner, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace Number One, which is a book about Jabba the Hut. This is a Tales from Jabba's Palace story. Yes, and I was like, I am going to check it out, and Connor. Here is the thing. And you can't. You, you, I know you like Tales from Java's Palace. So you can't. Is, is Muff Pack in it? Uh, no. Is Lax Cabe in it? So, so no. okay. Do you know when C3PO and R2D2 are introduced to EV99 uh, in Java's Palace? You are a protocol droid. Are you not? Yeah. And such. And then in the. Yep. Ba- and they said, let's hope you do better than Jabba's last interpreter droid. And then you see in the corner, the droid is being pulled apart and he's going, no, no, no. Yep. It's yep. that droid story. I think that's all that needs now, to be said about the issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, is actually, it multiple it stories? Just, just the one story. Just that just one. Just that story? And it was, and it was just that story. And, and to be honest, that, I, I loved it right up until then, and after that, it wasn't really all that remarkable. I didn't really like the story. I didn't really like the, the characterization so of the droid. But... No Muftak and Cabe, no Laxivrak, no nobody. <laughs> which one's which one's Muftak? Is it the little one or is that Cabe? Muftak's the big one. Okay, so the, the big, so the Cabe big is silvery fur. Now was was Cabe getting his own drink or was he getting it from Muftak? I don't know. Maybe I mean they're buddies. It was a big drink for a little guy. Well, that's the benefit I, of being I, a little guy. I thought, I thought it was fine. It was a little like like the the behavior of the droid didn't really seem to match what I think of as a droid or the, even what we saw in the movie. It didn't seem to. But I don't know how you could have done a story like that. What what lengths will you go to get your restraining bolt removed? Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, respect. I, I did not enjoy it. It wasn't great. But, you know, I, I don't regret reading it. I would do it again. <laughs> you know if they do another no i mean like if they do another one of these if they pick some random character out and it's just a a short one issue story this was a one shot i'm on it yep it it 
it fleshed out that part of the world, that part of the universe in a way that has like, no effect on anything. Exactly. It didn't annoy me. It didn't. Well, yeah. I'm not, we don't we don't have time for to, to talk about the things that annoy me in Star Wars these days. So I'm just going to say I didn't I wasn't annoyed by this. It was good. All right. Those are the books we're going to talk about this week. But at patreon.com slash fanboy, there are books we add to the rundown called the patron pick. The patrons vote to add it. And that is how we get here with this week's winner. Clobrin time. Number one from Marvel Comics, Steve Scroach, Brian Valenza, Joe Sabino. This is a miniseries featuring the uh, adventures of the Thing and the Hulk in Clobberin' Adventures. And this definitely would have been my pick of the week had it been my week of comics to choose. Me too. This was this, this would have been my pick of the terrific. week. Terrific. I, I mean, can I? I, go I gotta admit, I'll admit, I'll admit something at the start of this, just so it's out of the way. I, I enjoyed this as well. Uh, I have issues. I have like I have like visual issues anytime like the things rocks are are damaged oh, or not in place. I don't like that. And I looked at the cover for the next issue, and it's even worse. Oh man, and it grosses me. It grosses me out in a really visceral way. I and so I have a totally I have with a really you. Hard, I have a hard. I have a really hard time with it. I'm just gonna be honest. Totally with you. And I, I didn't need the body horror thing stuff you. at the very very end. Trust me. <laughs> However, it didn't didn't take away from a really fun terrific. It seems like each issue is going to be its own little singular adventure of this character who wears Iron Man, Doom, and looks like maybe Deathlock armor all mashed into one, sending them into different dimensions or times or places to... As I flip back to the beginning, I was like, all right, I forgot about that weird dude. Yeah, that was the impetus. And I love the classic Thor, the Thor, the classic Hulk in the in the ripped up purple pants, and he looks like sort of a version of John Buscema's Hulk, which is to me the Hulk that exists in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too dumb, not too smart. It's not at all related to what's going on in Hulk now. It's sort of totally in its own bubble. And I love when Thing and Hulk team up. I didn't realize Hulk was so much bigger than the Thing. I guess that's just the way Steve Screw. I think trust. it makes sense, though. I think that works. I really liked that Hulk kept making up nicknames for Thing, Crackface. <laughs> road face uh and the first time he said it i was like what does he say oh crack face that's funny or crackhead <laughs> i think the thing the 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 thing haha that i didn't love about this is i actually liked how competent ben grim is in the in the situation where he's like he's got yeah. tech from reed he's trying to like solve the problem he's trying to be strategic he's trying to and you know and and classic hulk hulk just says okay i'm tired of planning i'm just gonna jump in and beat everyone up and win smashing which i you know i i agree with the logic of the way hulk works would work but i felt like ben just kept getting constantly undercut and and didn't get a moment to like also be the competent hero that he could be but that's ben's thing isn't it i disagree and here's why in this case he decides that he needs to be a stand-in for Reed. And so therefore he's trying to do the thing and he's getting undermined by a character who just works with his base impulse and goes for it. And in the end, the only way that they're really successful is they just have to throw themselves at the thousands and thousands of demons streaming at them. And that was the thing that was ultimately successful. So the Hulk's uh, instinct was correct. And until he submitted to his monster nature then they were going to be in trouble but mostly i just like that they had to fight a fuck ton of demon things and like at the end 
there's like it was so silly the whole thing was silly it was great there's just a valley filled with corpses and it was funny in the middle of it, it was like they're killing those things <laughs> that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> that's a great panel i mean this is full of tremendous art from steve scrooge who oh. is uh you know sort of a i don't I mean, he's not a huge it's hard to say what he is he's not a cult figure but he's not a huge like he superstar. shows up every he doesn't like enough or so yeah. yeah he's almost like a cult superstar and uh, there's a, I mean, just wonderful pages. Page 18 where they're sitting on the pile of corpses, or my favorite, page 16 where they're jumping at us. On you know, terrific. I love his thing. I love his Hulk. Mm-hmm. I like his Reed. I thought the Reed bit was funny. Where yep, they were sitting on a table, the three of them, and Reed's, but Reed was his head was stretched far off into the distance, so he didn't even know there was trouble. Didn't even know they got kidnapped. Wasn't aware of anything because his head is off doing something else. Like I thought this was all fun. Um, oh God, I just enjoyed the sort of old classic marvelness of it um just the, you know, like it's called it's called clobber in time so they the showed up they 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 delivered on the title and no Look more those donuts on page 21 how much do you want those donuts? i believe those are bagels i actually had are thought they? about this i think that well they're earlier oh, they're uh the alleys well no you earlier you may remember that uh uh they went ben, to the jewish deli ben offered him yeah, you're right you're they right, have matzo right. ball soup so those are gonna have to be bagels yeah, they're, just, they're colored too dark, but yes, they're bagels. They're too small to be bagels, quite honestly. Well, Although, think of the scale of the people. Exactly. You, yeah, I got, I got there. <laughs> I, I love that was a great comedic button where Reed finally re- retracts his neck and he comes back in the thing, and the Hulk are all fucked up from their fighting. He's been up there so long he didn't needed a haircut and a shave. <laughs> so, no, Ryan, you're 100 right. And I turned the page to the cover for the next issue, and I was like, oh god, I'm going to vomit. But you know. Next issue is Wolverine. It's it's something I personally struggle with. I don't I don't I don't wish anyone else to to struggle with it as well. But the body horror of thing anytime his rocks are not like firmly in place when his rocks just, falls off and it's like gooey underneath and it's sticking to like it's no good, <laughs> no good. Don't put words seems, to it. My family <laughs> used to really tease me about how like, I've gotten better, but like I'm still I still get a little squeamish about certain things. And you know my dad's a surgeon, and the 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 sometimes the dinner table talk strayed far afield of what would be considered appropriate or normal for other families and so i just every once in a while something hits me and i'm just like i can't hang sorry i still read the issue and i'll read the next one forgive me for the for the diversion and and like keep it short but like if you're a surgeon do you just not get creeped out by body stuff or is there like i I actually have a good and short answer to that and i've joined my dad in surgery um (gasps) a couple of times scrubbed in I didn't scrub in actually. Uh, that You're was not the, permitted, but I was in the, the operating theater. Gallery? No, okay. I mean, I mean, I was, I was standing next to him. I was like over his shoulder, but like I didn't scrub in because I wasn't going to touch anything. But basically, did you, did you have junior mints? <laughs> but um, I was eating a sandwich, as every coroner does in every uh, procedural show. <laughs> but no, it was like you know, a, a, someone had broken their wrist, right? They'd slipped on ice and fallen and broken their wrist, and and the way it worked is. The entire person's body, except for their arm, which is tourniqueted, so it already looks like sort of a dead body part because there's no like blood flow, right? right. And and there's literally a clock. There's a countdown clock of like here's how long the tourniquet can stay safely stay on. So here's how long you have to do the surgery. Here's the arm. There's everything else is blanketed and covered, and then the anesthesiologist is at the person's head making sure that they are doing okay. So all the surgeons got to do is get in, get out, fix the problem before the countdown. So it really, 
it, it really is like kind of more of a video game than than like dealing with an actual human person. So it's it's sort of disconnected from the body, so you don't think of it that way. So then, like, I was fine in the. I had no, and the thing I realized is whenever I had to do dissections in in my biology classes in college or even high school, the thing that bothers me more is the smell of formaldehyde. And there's no formaldehyde when the person's alive. So the person's alive, and the thing the thing that bothered me is. At the very end of the surgery, just to make sure he'd done everything correctly, he said, okay, go ahead and take the tourniquet off. And then you see the arm come back to life because you see all the blood start flowing back in it. My last thing. So does your dad get squidged out by anything? Yeah, that that was the question. Original question. Yeah. I don't, I, I, you'd have to ask him. I I, I don't know that I can answer that for him. Okay. See, that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know if you're a person who cuts bodies open, but like, do you, you hate the sound of ketchup bottles getting squished? Like, I just, that's what I want. <laughs> that sounds like a you thing. No, I don't mind that. I was just thinking of a thing that makes a sound. I hate, pe- I hate the sound of people chewing. I hate it. Or like that. Ugh. I don't, I don't know of anything that, I don't know of anything that like grosses him out mm-hmm. just on an irrational level. Spiders. Snakes. You don't have to really answer this. These are conceptual questions, really. Yeah, I don't have a great answer. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. Clobber in um, time, number one. Ratings. ratings. Ratings and clobber in time, number one. Out of five Two stars. broken wrists. You're giving it a two out of five. Wow. No, I said two broken wrists. I was making a joke okay. about the, the surgery. Um, uh, no. I, go ahead, Josh. I'm, I'm going to say four and a quarter. Which I feel is lowish, but I don't know if I want to go four and a half. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm going five, Ryan. Wow, full five. Well, he well, said it would be. It would have been his pick, and yeah. we know my that, pick too. But we know that. Well, we know that if Connor gives something the pick, it's automatically a five. Right. Not lately. It's it's <laughs> it's uh it's like a what do you call it in grading? You know, curved. The curve. Curve grading. Curve. Yeah. Grades on a curve. Um, I'll go. It's just a solid straight down the middle four. All right. I feel like I need to move up to four and a half then. You do what you have to do. About a curve. I'm doing it. I'm saying that. Patreon. Oh, and now we're all sticking with it, Ryan. Sure. I mean, I, if, if I can get through the next gnarly. issue. I mean, it looks like it looks like it's a team up miniseries where every issue is a different character with the things. And this was the Hulk next next month is or next whatever issue is the is the Wolverine. I was going to say, but that's from uh, that cartoon, that X Men cartoon. Oh, Pride of the X Men. Anyway. Patreon.com slash iFanboys where you can vote. If you're every every patron can vote to be uh, put a book in the rundown. But that's also where you can support the show. Patreon.com slash iFanboys where all the patrons go and uh, help keep the lights on, keep the bills paid. We appreciate that. iFanboy.thirdless.com is where you can buy our t-shirts. iFanboy.com slash support is where you can give a PayPal tip. iFanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can shop and you can find our Booksplode books. And bookshop.org is our uh partner for supporting local bookstores and you can find those links with the books blood books and we thank everyone who does that support the show we are running along so i'm flying through this part to get to the patron power which is where we thank the five dollar and higher patrons with the superpower that's live on the show and ryan had one ready to go because it was distracting him earlier so i'm very excited to see what it is ryan take it away james white knows where all the fossils are this is one very close to my heart obviously uh, but James has a spider sense, but it's for fossils. Anytime he he can sense spatially, like, and, and I'm talking like literally, like if he drove past the La Brea, if he lives in LA with Connor, you know, he's Connor's yep. roommate. If he drives yep. past the La Brea tar pits, he feels the presence of thousands of fossils just over his shoulder. Can he and, identify and it, them 
singularly yeah. or just he knows there's he knows there's a fossil but he doesn't know what it is that's a good question does he have an incredible knowledge of of uh and the anatomy of of distinct extinct fossilized animals i think he could i think he could tell you that like oh this is like a femur of a of a mammal but i think until he puts eyes on it he probably can't give you like you know he probably can't identify it down to the species level but he knows where ever like if you took him out on a dig out west, he could find every T-Rex skull hiding ever under every Montana ranch that's out there. Is is his knowledge of the anatomies of these is it is it from the power or is it did he earn it through study? I think it's I think it's more yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think um okay. if you had this power, it would I think I for me, maybe because of who I am, it would drive you crazy to not be able to identify things on a basic level. So I think he's done a little bit of work to be able to say okay. like, Oh, I know, I know the difference between a radius and an ulna fibula and a tibula. Like, you know, he knows that, but right. But, but really it's just sort of, you know, there, there are Spider-Man stories where like they, they dig into the spider sense and how like cacophonous it would be to actually have that power because of the danger that surrounds us all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think people don't realize how prevalent fossils are well, he, everywhere. He only feels it when it's, like, direct about-to-hurt-him danger, not just general danger. Uh, there have been, there've been stories where, like, it's, you know, he does have, like, a buzzing all the... Whatever, I'm not going to get into that right now. But, like... like Shouldn't. I, 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 there are buildings... Like, there's buildings in D.C. that have marble from quarries that you can see fossils in the walls. So, like, he could be walking through, uh, you know, a building and be feeling it because, like, there's there's a snail fossil embedded in the marble. How fine-tuned and sensitive is it? Meaning that I'm sure that fossils exist that are nearly microscopic. So is he sensing that everywhere, like sand, or is it sort of uh, equivalent to human vision, let's say? I, you know, not microscopic, but down to the level of... I would say there are fossils that are the size of a grain of sand, and that's about mm-hmm. his lower limit. Um, I spent a lot of time in undergrad sorting through foraminifera, which are a type of um, they're basically single celled organisms that build a calcareous shell around themselves that are about the size of a grain of sand. And that's about his lower limit as well. But they come from the deep ocean. So like unless he's unless he's like, I think, you know, it's it's line of sight ish, like even if it's underground, if it's within the distance that he could see if the ground was not in between him and the fossil, he can feel that the fossil's there. So I don't know, a hundred yards or so, depending on how good his eyesight is. Well, all right then. Thanks for being a patron. James White, patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can get your superpower live on the show at the $5 or higher level. Thanks to everyone who does so. And you can just five minutes ago, just hear the email not happening. So we're going to skip that. But if you want to write us in contact.ifanboy.com. Can I mention, Yep. Um, you can hear the rapper. Are you having cookies? I had a choco pie. We had snack talk, snack corner. Oh, that's better than email. Uh, Orion brand choco pie since 1974 with marshmallow filling. Um, I, I I texted Josh about the fact that I purchased an oatmeal cream pie, uh, which was one of my preferred Tiny Deborah snacks uh, from my childhood. And it was it I, I was in my car and I lost it. There's a there's a oatmeal cream pie somewhere in my car. I don't know where it is. It's they're it's not eventually. small. It's eventually this was a double stack one. Oh, yeah. It's eventually going to be a real problem for me, I imagine. Um, so instead, I was at lunch. I was out to lunch uh, with a buddy this this uh, today, and the, the we were getting fun out of Vietnamese place. I noticed they had a stack of choco pies, and I was like, "Can I buy one of those choco pies? Because I need a snack to talk about on the podcast I'm doing later today." And she said, "No, they're not for sale." And I said, "Okay." And then when I was they're checking not out, for she was sale. Like, 
they had a stack of chocolate pies. They were for sale. And then I when what I went were to they? when I went to pay up, she was like, "All right, here you go. You can have a chocolate pie." I think she probably thought I was going to give it to my son or someone uh, close to me, but no, I ate it myself, and uh, it was delicious. Orion chocolate pies. Why would she assume you're not going to eat it? I don't know. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Snack talk. Why were they there if not available? Because they were not labeled for individual sale. But I don't were know. they there to like be given to folk? Well, they were also it was there was a there was a big plate. This is a this is like a little hole in the wall fub place in DC. Like if you guys are fub guys and you want to come to DC, I'll take you there. I'm talking to Josh and Connor. That offer does not extend to everyone listening. Um, that word needs more sounds to it. Huh. It's an exhalation more than it is a word. You sound like Charlie when he's talking about like the spa and spaghetti in Always Sunny. <laughs> What is the spaghetti policy on this show? <laughs> it's not allowed. You could have pho or not pho. Um, so I, and I just finished a delicious bowl of pho. I was trying to pay up. And the woman was like, here you go. And she handed it to me. She didn't say just take one. But it was on a plate with apples. So it was just apples and chocolate Were pies. Were apples for sale? I didn't ask because I was I was so thrown that, off by the chocolate pies not being for sale. Do you guys know what weird... I'm talking about with the chocolate pies, though? Like it's no, like no. A, it's OK. It's like two. It's almost an inverted s'more. It's like a soft it's it's a marshmallow center, two very soft, crumbly graham crackery type, um, almost oh, I cookies, see I see and then is. covered a in a thin layer of chocolate. It is a s'more. It's a s'more, basically. Inverted is it a brand. Orion is the brand. I'm not just okay, saying so my name like, with an O on front. It's the concept. Yeah, it's like Orion. Okay, it's, okay. It's so basically it uh, a, a, a moon pie. graham cracker cookie okay. with Oreo dipped in uh, with marshmallow in the middle dipped in chocolate. It's, right. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a s'more basically. Right. I just, I just, I was, you know, I think people who listen to a lot of podcasts, we often have experiences where like, man, I wish I could be a part of this conversation. And I gotta be honest, I, I missed being a part of snack talk. And so I wanted to bring a snack to the table. This is my I, snack. I, I, I do apologize, but were they arranged in such a way that it looked like they were an offering or was it yeah. just like, so, so it's a really, it's a, it's a hole in the wall for a place. And so, like, there's a bar, but there's no alcohol. So there's a bar you can sit at to eat your pho and have, like, a Vietnamese oh. iced coffee or iced tea or whatever. And then there's, like, some tables. And even the tables are, like, community seating. And I was sitting at one of the tables. But I, when I, I went up to order at the bar, my buddy hadn't gotten there yet. But I had a meeting I had to get to. So I, I, I went ahead and ordered for both of us. And I saw the plate of apples and chocolate pies and i figured you wouldn't want me to bring an apple to this discussion so i asked oh and can i can i grab one of these chocolate pies and she just said they're not for sale and i said oh okay darn and you know, so i just gave up on the concept of having anything to talk about and then i went back to the table and i ate my pho and papaya salad and my vietnamese iced coffee and then when i asked for the check she brought me the check and a chocolate pie because i think she saw how disappointed i was were but the I, apples for sale i don't know I'll go get fun tomorrow is if that's what like, we have to do. Is this like, you know, how like certain Chinese food restaurants, depending on where you are, they'll give you oranges at the end of the meal or something. You know, oranges and fortune cookies. Or right. So that's like a thing. Is it Choco? Like is, is, was there like, is there like a weird story where like the U.S. Army left Choco Pies and now they're huge in Vietnam? Well, the Choco. They're, so they're, they're never to be sold. But I've never, never seen. Given away. I've never seen Choco Pies in this. I mean, I've been going to this place for years. This is my like Vietnamese spot in D.C. Julie and I have been going there for a really long time. Like it was basically the first place we went to after we moved Julie into her apartment before I was even able to move here. And I don't remember, I don't remember ever seeing chocolate pies and apples and the chocolate pies and apples were in a, a large bowl on the right end of the bar. And on the left end of the bar, I didn't go investigate, but I'm pretty sure there was a similar bowl of Charleston shoes. 
And I didn't investigate because I'm just like, even if they were Charleston shoes, I'm not bringing that to the show. I, I can bring the chocolate pie to the show. I'm not bringing Charleston shoe to the show. I'm just going to lay it out on the line. That's how I feel about it. All right. Well, so all right. I like this show when it was about comics, but sometimes this stuff. Has I to thought I was supposed to bring a snack enough for the whole class. I'll send you each each a chocolate pie if I can go back and get faux for two more days in a row. <laughs> I feel as if that's not going to be worth the postage. Contact.fanboy.com is the email you could send in to get an email on the show. Normally we try. We tried. It didn't work this time. Also for me to explode if you want to put that in the subject line. Let's talk about other shows and get out of here. Uh, we are. I think we're going to make it. We're going to end up with eight weeks in a row of special shows, Thursday shows. We had last week was the Fury of the Shazam Fury of the Gods review. This past week, right behind this show, is our Booksplode review of Kingdom Come that Josh and I talked about. And then this coming week, I'm thinking it's going to happen. We're going to have the Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham animated review. So all those, that'll cap our eight weeks in a row of special shows. And then we turn it right around into April and start again. So uh, there you go. Ryan, what's going on with your show? I do a show called Science Sort of. And if you want to check that out, you can check it out at sciencesortof.com or wherever you get your podcast. I interviewed a woman, Danielle Claude. She's an Australian. And she wrote a book all about koalas. So if you want to learn more about that marsupial that is not technically a bear, but has a lot of bear-like characteristics, go check out scienceorder.com wherever you get your podcast. It may not be out exactly by the time this episode drops, but it's coming soon, if not already available. I think it would be very funny if your description ended at, I interviewed a woman. <laughs> I interviewed a woman, guys! Well, I've interviewed no, a lot of women over the years, and I... I yeah, I, I, I know. I know you know, but do they know? Well, that's. I think they get the joke. They've been listening for a long time. Fair enough. That's the point here. That's, that's this, my is, show. Is this when I talk? Yep. Do I talk? All right, here we go. You, dear listener. Yep, that checks out. You can find our library of over 1,200. I think it's closer to 1,300 shows. Actually, I was looking yesterday at our feed on, on Apple Podcasts, and it said that we had like 1,340 shows. I don't know where those extra shows came from. Yeah, I've been slipping in some extra shows now and then. <laughs> They're 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 mostly eugenics based. Oh well, that makes sense. It's called Eugenics and Bagels. It's a new show I do, but I have to put it back in the feed. Uh, I backdate them you sli- so that people them don't find them. You. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you can find our library of over 1,300 shows and counting over at ifanboy.com. Wherever it is, you get podcasts. It's all available there because of the wonders of the internet, which I don't understand. Follow us at iFanboyComics on Instagram and find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out so you can be prepared. Sometimes you'll see the best of the week in panels. Very occasionally we do something else with that, but not really if I'm being honest with you. Connor and I are individually on Instagram at CS Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan. Uh, Ryan is Ryan Haupt on Instagram and and still is on Twitter uh, with just Haupt for some reason. I mean, I haven't the, deleted my account, but it's a garbage platform for garbage people. So, yeah. Well, it used to be all right. It sure did. That's where we still are. Well, there's there's still plenty of people who are not garbage still using it, but for That's the most true. part. For the most part, it's not great. Uh, subscribe the, to the YouTube. Garbage, the garbage people have made it not worth yeah. being on. There you go. YouTube.com slash iFanboys, where you can find our old video shows and as well as this show every week. You can listen to that there. But really, you can just find shows from 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 or so. You can see us young and healthy and vibrant. Hail. With glowing skin and and well met. Shorts. Shirts that fit well. Shorts. So many shorts. 
<laughs> Why didn't anyone tell us not to wear the shorts? You know who did tell us not to wear shorts? Ron. Friend of the show, Ben Simpson. Oh, he did. Mm. He told me very specifically, why are you wearing shorts? And I was angry with him at the time. <laughs> but he, he makes a lot of sense now. <sighs> so many shorts. <laughs> There's people who are listening and they like their shorts and they're fine with us and they don't know what we're talking about. And they think we're shorts assholes. I have, I have many pairs of shorts I love and wear all the time. Not sure. on screen. There you go. That's I think that's while that's sitting. Just <laughs> not a good idea. Not on, not on camera. Is not it the bad? Not on camera. Yeah. Fair enough. We have degrees in this. So, uh, what the hell? I no mean, one ever told us not to wear shorts. We should have. They didn't, teach, they didn't teach us how to light. They didn't teach us how to light, and they didn't teach us not about wearing shorts. Actually, I, I may have told this before, and I'm so sorry. I have a very distinct memory of sitting with Connor and I went to TV school and there was like a big studio inside and they had me sit down so they could test the lighting. Which and they didn't teach I, us how to do. And I sat there for a very long time until finally they came over the thing and they were like, I'm oh, sorry, we're actually having a lot of trouble white balancing on your legs. <laughs> and I'm, this is, I'm not, I'm not making this up at all. And they went over to like the engineering and like people were twisting knobs, or whatever. And they could not white balance my legs without them blowing out on video. <laughs> That's 100% true. Oh, oh. That was good. That that made the whole week worth it. And that might have been just for me, but it was funny. Oh, God. Which is, we're having some trouble here with your legs. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening and writing a review or leaving a star rating wherever you do listen Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you get your podcasts if you can leave us a review that'd be awesome whatever review you want as always uh, you know don't judge the show by a single episode judge it by the, the aggregate Eight, you know 18 years of shows I feel like you keep bringing that up when I'm on the show no <laughs> well I think that what you're suffering uh, for is you did two weeks in a row you, you're fine there's nothing that, yeah. we're, we, what I'm suffering did, for is doing two weeks no, in no, a row no 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 so you're doing the two weeks in a row the second week in a row you know it, you're tired you've been yeah. through, you're not conditioned if you guys think that you're the sole reason I'm tired <laughs> no I <laughs> honestly honestly you are not even you are not the problem I, I'm I'm almost positive I am because I'm like Ryan, no, don't get off topic. And then I'm like, hey, by the way, here's this memory that's unrelated. No, no, that's, no listen, I let I didn't say a goddamn thing while you told your white balance story. So yeah, let's listen. You were, to, I, you were eerily silent. Yeah. All like right, that's this week's show. It was a, it was a, it was an interesting one. We learned a lot. We cried. We laughed. We grow. We changed. And there were things that happened that were unexpected. All right, let's hug it out, you guys. I'm Connor. I'm Ryan. We're so lucky we get to do this, aren't we? See you next week. All right.